I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Fanzine.live podcast. This is Rebel Yell. Red to going up. Don't you know, pump it up. The reds are going up. Pete, why not join in, mate? We'll pump it up. Because because we're not, James. We're not. We're why? Not. What happened? No, I told you. What it's happened? Been, they curtailed it again. Again? Well, first time they curtailed it last season with null and void, uh, which meant we didn't go up. And uh, yeah, top again. So this isn't an end-of-season party? No. Oh, sorry. Should we call it the end-of-season unparty then? The end-of-season unparty. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Rebel Yell podcast, the end of season unparty. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Yeah, I mean, my sense of humour hasn't changed, really. I don't think Pete's got bored of that and missed that much, have you, Pete? haven't missed it one bit, James. No, 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 no. But I have missed you and seeing all the usual chaps and chapesses at football because it really feels like a lifetime ago. We were at Three Bridges, (laughs) bowing out of the Sussex Cup in not very fashionable style. It is a long time ago, um, and I think everybody, everybody, you know, even in the the away boys chat group and other things... Every, everyone's missing it like absolute crazy. It just shows that, you know, when there's not football to talk about, it's just we all miss it. I mean, I really didn't think when doing that commentary with you on that last match at uh, Three Bridges, it would be the last time we see a competitive match for Worthing this season because we really didn't think how bad it would get again. And yet, hopefully, there is a little glimmer of hope with uh, the day we're recording this. You know, the season has been announced, middle of August. There is a lot of hope. You'll hear from a lot of people in this podcast upcoming, but... I, I still hold on to a bit of hope, Pete, that we might get a full season and hopefully a season that's rewarding for us. Yeah, I think I think next season it should be absolutely fine. You've, we've seen the success of the vaccine rollout 
Um, you know, Boris didn't do a lot right during the first year, but you know now we've got the the vaccines rolling out. Uh, lots of people are getting their jabs, and now uh, second jabs have started. I think there's about four million people who've had the second jab now. Um, so hopefully that will protect us into into the autumn, and we get a full season in next year. And let's just hope a lot of the vulnerables that might not have been able to come to the football when we did resume the season might be able to return because obviously a lot of the older chaps and chapesses that are at Worthing, we haven't seen when we went back for that short period of time. No, absolutely. You know, people have had to shield for a year. They've only just been able today to, to stop shielding. Um, so, you know, if they've got health issues, etc. Um, so, yeah, so it'd be nice to welcome back everyone to the ground. Obviously, we've also lost a few fans as well during yeah, the very, very sad very very, very sad very, very sad to hear that um so let's hope we can come back uh, you know be positive uh, get a full season in you know and hopefully get promoted in in memory of the people that we've lost in the last last year Absolutely. I mean, you know, the players will be going out and playing for the rule. They've got unfinished business. And to do it for some of these people that won't be there to see us get promoted to the National South, if that was the case, you know, hopefully that gives them a momentum to travel and go and get that goal. Because I know a lot of these players, having spoken to them and having seen their sort of social medias, they have got unfinished business. Yeah, def- definitely. And, you know, they're, they're all chomping at a bit as well. Absolutely chomping at a bit to, to get back and play. Um as, as you said, we've got a few, a few guests on the podcast, uh, so you're going to hear from uh, Adam and Nathan. Uh, you know, hear them talk about the players and and what's and what's going to happen next season. And it all sounds very, very positive. I mean, it's. I, I think. Okay, I say this maybe with a bit of gutted disappointedness that there's never been a better time to be a Worthing fan. I think, obviously, it would have been even better if we'd been in the league above. But I think with everything that we've spoken to on this podcast, uh, who we're going to speak to, and what the fans are going to see over the coming months and seasons, I think there's a lot of excitement around the club at the moment. I think there is. I think it's just the incredible stuff that's happened around the ground. Um, You know, it's everyone's seen the socials, Worthing's socials on Facebook. Uh, You know, the new pitch, the floodlights... Uh, the, the new hut and everything and obviously you know there's a the fans that raise part of that money and some f- football foundation uh, grants and everything so we are prepared for the step up to the next league um adam signed the three-year deal not so long back best uh, news we could have had in this lockdown best news we could have had definitely by a mile and um, we will we did talk to adam about that so that'll be coming up um so yeah, I, th- I think it's all very positive, and it's it, you know every, everything is in place for us to you know have a real push for promotion for the third successive season, which well, is yeah. unreal. I mean, it is unreal. I mean, the, the ground's looking fantastic. We've seen the pitch on social media. We've been lucky enough to see it in the odd occasion, you know, from social for the walls for the new pitch. Uh, Barry speaks about the saga behind the pitch. It's quite an interesting one. Um, and also a bit about Barry's history, but I mean, I've, we're credit where credit's due. He, he's led a very strong battle for this pitch, and you know, I think, you know, all plaudits deserve for Barry because he's, from what I've heard and what he sort of said, it's been a very, very tough battle for him to get this all sorted. Yeah, he's, he's worked very hard behind the scenes. You know, uh, Barry's not uh, all singing or dancing chairman who, uh, you know, ar- around the club 
uh, you know, like Pete, Pete Stone, the chairman before, was a, a totally different personality. Yeah. Uh, you know, got a lot more involved. Um, but, but you know, Barry's a, everyone's got different personalities. So, you know, he just he, Barry just works just to his strengths basically and gets gets on with things in the background. Uh, and like I say, he's done amazing to get this pitch sorted out for us. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I, I guess as this is kind of, as I say, end of season unparty, we should really have a flick through the eight competitive league games we had and the scattering of cup games that we had. I mean, Pete, if you could say one match in the league that stood out for you this season, what would it be? I mean, we started off amazingly by beating Folkestone. Or Folkestone, Folkestone, correct me, whatever you say. Folkestone, you Folkestone that's the one. Uh, we beat them 2-1 on the 19th of September, our first game of the season. I mean, what a start, because they were probably, when the season got null and voided, they were our closest rivals at that time. They were, they were they, you know, US look at Folkestone, uh, you look at all the Kent teams, they're, they're all strong teams. So, you know, to go there, um, obviously it was the first game of the season, it was exactly the same the season before, first game of the season, uh, and we, we lost that one. Um, so to go there, uh, the second time I'd been there, um, and to get to get revenge on them was was absolutely absolutely fantastic way to start the season mm. and get the ball rolling and the, we you know we we grew we grew from that from the confidence yeah. from that first win I felt. 100%. I mean, we didn't have the pleasure of beating Bogner twice again last season because we didn't even play them once. But I would say for me, one of the key standouts for me was the Lewis Sussex derby that prolific 3-1 win with Deshaun Goldie scoring against his old club but you know I think if if the season had continued I think that was a point where teams need to stand up and look like Worthing in business yet again oh definitely definitely and that was um that was an amazing um just to see the crowd and everything the Worthing yeah. fans that were there it was just absolutely amazing what, what were the name of the sides again was it chips and gravy or something or no wasn't it pies and something pies and something else I can't but, remember, but it was very strange, and we did laugh about that, didn't we? I mean, what 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 was the standout moment for you out of those games? I mean, I said Lewis for me. What would it be for you? It's got to be East Fulwick, hasn't it? Highlight of the season. Was Kev, that just because you were commentating with Kev Golds? Kev Golds, the Worthing legend, as the co-commentator. I think we uh, might have to put the highlight package that I did for the previous podcast, which was released months ago, into this podcast. Just as a little reminder for everyone, because I, I still remember, like, obviously I was away with work and uh, Pete, Pete was telling me he just couldn't stop laughing. And I had the privilege of taking the highlights and uh, editing it into a little package to put on the podcast. And I, I have to say, I haven't laughed that hard. And I know I kept on sending it to Pete in the amount of times when you actually properly belly laughed. How, how the hell did you manage to do a commentary with that guy for 90 minutes? I honestly don't know. <laughs> it's, it was it was just uh, it was surreal. It was really funny. It's uh, you know I, I I look I look back on it with a lot of affection to be honest because it was just it was just so what, what, funny. what was one of the highlights? Thurricking hell or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. He's he's always got a line, is Kev. And, I know. Uh, yeah. He, he was brilliant. I and do he, believe though that he should next season he should be on there at least. Uh, a good couple of times. Yeah, we'd have, we'd have to get a beat button though next season. No, just, yeah. But I mean, at least we're not Ofcom rated because we'd be off the air if we were. It's not BBC. If you ever get a good gig at BBC, Pete, I don't think um, Kev would be a, a good enough person to have as your com- co-commentator yeah. on that. To, to, to be honest, he was really good because he kept going to say something and he's like, oh, 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 I can't say that. 
Can't say that. It's brilliant. And the only loss that came in the league was against Leverhead. And I know you were at that game and it was very unfortunate. Yeah, I just felt that that, that day uh, we, were, we were lacking defenders. I felt, you know, it was a very attacking team that Adam cut, cut out. And I think, um, you know, he, he obviously looked at what he had available. And then he thought, well, the best form of defence is attacking, unfortunately. Um, just didn't quite work out for us on, on, on that day. And I think they snatched a winner about five minutes from time. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a bit disappointed. But, you know, lost one game. That was the only game we lost. So yeah. and I think we, we played nine in the end, didn't we? Or it was eight, nine. Eight or nine, I think. But I mean, we had the cup games, and that's where we had a little bit of disappointment that season. You know, the first one, nice to get a new ground in East Grinsley. I was quite impressed by the ground. I like the little ground. Yeah, it's East quite Grinsley. nice. Really nice. And they actually had a commentary table that we took full effect of and full use of there. And we had a. And I always remember that one because uh, I, I was it Alex Parsons, free kick. That I no, Alex. No, Jesse Starkey. Jesse Starkey's free kick that I filmed, and uh, it went viral on by being yeah. tweeted by the FA Cup, and that was a, an amazing free kick. And we thought, weren't we three one up at one stage, and end up equalising, and then going to penalties and losing on penalties? Yeah, we we did seem to throw that away, to be honest. Uh, you know, it was. Uh, I, th- I think there was um, a little falling out between the bench and the player, um, and. The player came on and it was hauled off straight away. And, yeah, I think that would just upset the rhythm of, of everything that was going on that, that evening. So, And then to get to penalty shootout, and the penalties were, were poor. It, but, but as I said, I think I, I said in uh, some programme notes that it was basically it, a, a rerun of the Italian 90 shootout with <laughs> the way they were missing and everything so yeah it's it was just bizarre but yeah disappointed to go out in the first round in the fa cup i think it is as well because you look at what's happened and you know one of the highlights for me football wise other than worthing we're seeing marine play tottenham hotspur uh marine who are a level below us am i correct yeah yeah and they got so far to play tottenham hotspur at their home ground and seeing that with all the people you, you can imagine it if it was worthy you can imagine all the people in their windows and their back gardens surrounding the ground very similar layout to what marine had you know all the sponsorship and what they did with the crowdfunder buying virtual tickets they probably set themselves up for the next 10 years so you know as we speak to adam later on it is one of the things he has said he wants a cup run he'd love to see us do something like that and i think we all would as well wouldn't we pete yeah, absolutely. If fans every season, you know, they look at they look at the cups and like, oh, it'd be great if we could have a you know have a run in the cup. So yeah, and as you'll hear, um, as James just alluded to, uh, you know, we did talk to to Adam about this, and yeah, he you know is as hungry as the next man to, to have cup runs. He wanted cup runs this season. It just didn't just didn't pan out for us. Yeah, it was a shame because also we got knocked out by Leaston in the FA Trophy on penalties. Bit of a naughty, naughty, naughty WWE fight after the game, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a bit of a cuff fall on the pitch. Like I say, I was I was packing up, so I missed the start of it. And didn't you and have to run to the like press box to get power or something? Yeah, my battery was running out as the penalties came up, so I had to run from the stand to the to the press box to get it plugged in, so I could give coverage of the penalties. So that must have sounded quite funny, me running down with uh, trying, <laughs> I trying to talk. I think I was. I think actually I was flying i just finished the flight uh of my 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 normal job and i think i was listening to it in the car and i seem to remember you and i was laughing to myself because it did sound quite funny hearing you hang on a second you could hear the breathing 
it's just it might go here yeah 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 fine and then uh, oh penalties there we go <laughs> it's quite good the joys of non-league we don't have the sky sports facilities do we no unfortunately not but yeah but again lost the penalty shootout out of the cup and uh yeah uh that was a, a long long journey home on that coach that evening i can imagine and, I, and it didn't help the that three days after we got knocked out <laughs> the Sussex Cup where we should have we I mean no disrespect to Free Bridges we were all over them they should have had it settled by half time but we just couldn't finish those goals and they came back and fair play to Free Bridges yeah we went ahead didn't we with a cracking goal by Oli Pierce um, and then like I say they played one long ball up uh, misjudged um, and their players threw on goal and, and slams it home, and that was that was the set of that cup as well. So yeah, do we have to talk about the cups? <laughs> There's not much more football to talk about though, is there? <laughs> we had That's eight true. league games and three cup games. I mean, what else do we talk about? I mean, <laughs> I, I guess should we just move on to Adam Hinchwood? Should we should we hear what he had to say to us? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Anyway, enjoy the interviews. Enjoy the podcast, guys. Remember to tweet us um, at rebel yell wfcsa and just a quick shout out to mk window cleaning who has renewed his sponsorship for this forthcoming season i mean mark thank you so much for doing that i mean in the light of the pandemic for you to come in and re-sponsor the podcast and re-sponsor the um the live commentary means an awful lot so if you do want your windows clean please contact mark price he is on facebook and you know give him a call uh make sure you get your windows clean i get mine done by him i pay for them there's no sort of commercial sponsorship thing before anyone jumps down my throat i do pay him for them but he does a really good job so do make sure you support our own you know like all the people and all the volunteers that are at worthing be good to look at their businesses before anyone else's but mark thank you so much and i guess let's go and speak to adam this is the rebel yell podcast Right, now on uh, the Rebel Yell podcast, we are joined by the gaffer, Adam Hinchwood. Hinch, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. Yourself? Yeah, yeah. it's just, it's just really weird to sort of see you, you know, virtually right now, because it's been a long time, I think. no, uh, It was the end of end of October, beginning of November, the last match against Three Bridges, which was uh, sadly a bit of a disappointing way to go out and bow out our season, which we thought at the time wouldn't be, but uh, we never got to put those wrongs right, did we? No, nah, so not, yeah. I was seeing something the other day actually come up and certain amount of days ago, I think Free Bridges put it out there and reminded me of that night. But yeah, uh, very disappointing night and disappointing that we haven't had any football since then, really. I think everyone's itching to get back and myself and I'm sure from the players there itching to you know put that defeat on that right, really, and um, work hard to, to improve on, on that format. How have you been coping? Like, what have you been up to yourself personally over like since obviously there's been a lot going on down at Woodside Road and you know the facilities, which we'll talk to you about later. But what have you been doing to keep yourself busy over the past sort of what? what God, it's think about it, it's five months now, no, over five yeah. months. Uh, early on, like felt there could be like a resume to the season so obviously doing analyzing the team and keep putting them through their paces with zoom sessions and stuff like that and then sort of after christmas just honestly thought that you know we was going to give be given two weeks to get back if anything started up but really was quite realistic and thinking that you know no football was going to get played until next season now so 
sort of left the players alone a little bit, didn't keep bothering them and stuff like that. And just from a selfish point of view, just focused on myself really. Just read a lot of books and tried to improve myself, watching a lot of videos back and ways of how I can improve in terms of like man management tactics and and stuff like that and watching different training sessions and yeah just generally working on myself becoming a better better manager really and um, one of the ways you've done that is by signing a brand new three-year contract so thank you very much for doing that and putting our minds at ease oh uh, yeah that was obviously um coming to an end uh, the end of april so yeah the, the talks were, were going on just before christmas and stuff and there was never sort of any sort of doubt or hesitation in in my mind that you know I definitely wanted to to stay at the club and felt with the lockdown and the way the club come together and the fans come together to raise the money and stuff like that. I just felt it was uh, showed a great sign of what this club can achieve and the potential that it's got and you know togetherness and the community spirit that's that's been built and you know also from my own point of view the sort of the way we built things on the pitch, you know, to to get that team spirit and that philosophy and everything across, it does take time. And I'm very pleased that the boards were willing in, in such a difficult time to sort of um, give me a free deal was great incentive for myself to you know, really sort of kick on and, and, and improve all aspects of the club and you know I want to continue doing that and obviously you've already mentioned you know the boys are going to be in, in for training they're going to have a nice new pitch to train on Adam what sort of difference do you think that's going to make to the team and the overall feel of the club going into next season I can only really speak from when we've gone to the likes of Margate and Horsham and stuff like that and we've played on good 3G surfaces uh, you know the kind of comments would be oh imagine playing on this every every week and training on this every week and it's been quite Quite similar for the lads that have been in, like the academy boys. They've really noticed the difference in the way it's been laid and, and everything like that. And, and the standard is so much superior to what they had in the past. And the lads that we've had in are just can't get enough of it and want more and more sessions coming in early. And you can't get them off it. And, and to be honest, like our first team boys were like that anyway I'm on the old surface. So God help us now getting them in at a half decent time because training was always seemed to go on long in the past. But yeah, I can imagine now that they're going to be very reluctant to get off the pit when they get back. Hopefully, when we come back playing, our home form will be as good as our away form now we've got the new pitch. Like I say, I um, want to improve all sort of areas. And that's one thing I look at. We've, we've got sort of a whole season's worth of data and information to sort of put together. And that's what I'll be looking to do. Um, look at that and see where we can improve. Can we win more home games than we did previously? Can we win more away? Can we not concede as many goals? Can we score more goals? And you know, that's all I've tried to do year on year since I come in. And obviously, with the standards that have been set by the players in the last 18 months, or so it's going to be very hard to replicate that and get to that but you know that's got to be the goal and the aim and that's all I've sort of tried to set out to do on each season. How have the um, players actually coped with lockdown and sort because of, obviously they want to be playing football talking through sort of the uh, mental side of it being stuck in their houses when they're used to running around a pitch every Saturday. Yeah, I know. Like I say, I've sort of haven't gone round individuals, and that's one thing that you know will be sort of keen to sort of check on the the players' sort of mental state over the next couple of weeks, really, and see where they are and how they found it and stuff like that. But um, 
I'm pretty so away from their normal sort of schedule. They are braced in a, a football season from start to finish pretty much for 10 months of the year. You might get two months off, but to have you know three and a half months of absolutely doing nothing is completely new territory for them. So be keen to have a look at that when we get back going and get some feedback. But you'd like to think is it's made them more hungry and determined to, to put more effort into becoming a better player because they've had so long away from it. I know it's a bit similar to like for myself when you've been out injured and you, you're coming back from an injury really. You always want to sort of remember what it was like training week in, week out and playing week in, week out and the enjoyment you got from that and make sure that you was physically better and you know just a better player after having so long out and hoping that that sort of mindset will be the same for the players. What is the plan for the next couple of months? I'm presuming you're going to have a proper break in the summer and then come back in July, August. Anything like it's that? A, it's, it's a bit sort of um, new territory for me, so I don't really know how, how to play it. But what I've got in my head, how it's working, is to sort of train April or May time and try and get some games into the legs as well. Because I just felt it was, it'd be a long period going from, I think, 23rd of December was the last training session we had. To go from 23rd of December and then start back up again in July. I felt it was a long, long period of time without getting some sort of match practice into the legs. So that would be the basis of the sessions really from April, May, just to get the lads back used to the surface again and the different movements that it takes to, to play the game. And then a bit of a break and then back into it, really. But I'll be gauged by what the players want. If they only want to do a couple of sessions and fit with that, if they want to add a session in, then I'll be more than happy to cater for that as well. And if they only want to have a two-week break in June if some of them want to keep going because they feel in top form then I'll get Nathan Cam to do that and I'll have to do that. Yeah, and I think against by the, um, the players on that one but I think to have some kind of, you know, break and then go into the pre-season will be important but I think it's a good, good time really to sort of firstly get the squad together at an early stage, start working on one or two bits and then have a bit of a break and then come back and I'm hoping that we can pick up a level of performance a lot quicker and we can start you know like early on in pre-season you probably go 45 minutes a half and stuff like that I'm hoping to get up to like 60 90 minutes pretty much straight away and the lads to know you know how we want to play our, our shape in and out of position what we do from set pieces it's all ready to go on that first game in pre-season whereas maybe before you'd build up to the first game of the season I know you've said in the press that you're hoping that the players might end up wanting to do that extra session a week you're happy to too you know, if it, what's the general consensus do you believe that they probably will want to do that extra session or I guess it's sort of third time lucky as we sort of joke and say because a lot of them have got unfinished business and they want to win this league title knowing the group of players that I do and the feedback they've had already uh, yeah they'll be coming in full time if they could um, I know that uh, a lot of them would do and that's just the mindset they've got so yeah, it would be, be a case of me sort of saying, yeah, I can do that, I can put that on for you. And I, even though that when they could, the lads were coming in during the day and training with the academy boys for extra mm. sessions. And that was lads coming down, like Dacia, Marvin, Momar come to an academy session just before Christmas because they didn't have no work, they could get down, it knew everything was going to go into lockdown. So they showed that willingness to do that. And I think that's just the kind of mindset that we've, managed to forge in the group really and like I say it's, it's taken a long time and it does take time to get that sort of mindset and everything into a team so it's a big 
big part of me wanting to to stay for for the next three years as well is because we've got players like yeah. that of that ilk and you know we've, we've we've generated a good philosophy to work from and a good mindset within the group and it's all very well me sort of saying I'll do them sessions ultimately the players have got to drive it and that's what they've done the last 18 months if there's extra running to be done because they don't feel that they're quite fit enough they've always led that in the last few months um, and I'm quite keen to keep that going and that keep that mindset and that mentality going. Fantastic. The way you're talking, Adam, um, are you expecting to pretty much have the, the, the same squad for, for next season as we've had the last two seasons? I thought you were going to say, Pete, I thought you said the season wrapped up by sort of November, December and we've been promoted. I thought that's yeah. what you were coming to do. That's, that's, that's it. I said, no, I thought, gee, yeah, I'm any more added pressure. I, mean, I love to do that. No, I think I, I'm quite confident that, yeah, there's not going to be wholesale changes in, in the squad. Um, in my mind, I've got couple that I wouldn't mind trying to bring in to add to what we've got um, obviously but yeah without sort of sitting down with the board and talking about a budget just yet you know I like to think that that will say relatively the same similar to what we had last season so with, with that in mind I think that yeah nucleus of, of the squad will say the same like I say that there won't be wholesale changes I know that maybe fans were a little bit disgruntled with the lack of activity maybe last summer um, but again at the same time I think managing to keep some of these players is a coup in itself and I know already that the manager has been on to a few of our players already you know I know that and without sort of being dickheaded or nothing I'm quietly confident in the way that we work and the way the club works and the way that you guys perform as well on a Saturday you know it's a big draw for any sort of player you know all I have to say is come and play in front of at a minimum of a thousand fans at home every week which I think should be the target for us now moving forward you know that's a big sell in itself and quietly confident in the way that sort of me, Kerr and Nath work on a, on a training day and a match day to, to know that it's a good place to be in a good environment, any player to survive and come and play in. So, yeah, but we wouldn't be doing our job properly if there wasn't that kind of interest. And, yeah, pleased that like the nucleus of that, I'm quite confident, are going to stay with us and, like you say, want to build on what we've already created in the last few months. It's great to hear. When I look at your squad compared to some of the other teams that I've seen play in the league, and I've been to quite a few games, you don't need to make wholesale changes to, to, to what you've got, do you, really? No, please. Um, like I said, if I was to just keep the lads that we have in our group all ready to go for next season, I'd be more than happy with that. You know, I'd be delighted with that. Obviously, my job is to improve. If there's a possibility to bring in someone better, then, you know, obviously I've got to look at that, and I will do there's no you know, question about that. The players also need to know that we are looking to improve as well each season so that their standards can't just sit and stay still. They've got to keep on improving and have that challenge of knowing that if there's better players coming through, whether that's lads through our academy or players locally potentially that have been released or available, then we're obviously going to be looking at that as well. So, But with that in mind, I think it's also important that the right type of player would like to the right character into the group because if you get the wrong character it can be bad for the dressing room so I look at the characters that we've brought in and there's some really good lads in there the likes of Paps and Omar and stuff like that um, they're good good people to, to bring into the club to add that to the likes of your, your Marvins your Jeffries your Rickies and your Parsons hopefully have a bit more of him available and around the place you know there's some real good characters and that's that's an important 
thing as well that I look at. Got to be more than what they just do on the pitch and don't want players just coming down and collecting their money and then going again because that's not the feel that I want for Worthing. I don't think that's what the fans want to see and it's not what I want around the club. So there's a whole lot that goes into it. And also, like you said, I think we have got a really competitive squad. So it's also got to be players that are going to enhance it and give players a, a, a challenge for their spot. So with with the recruitment, yeah, sort of, I, I do look at things in, in a lot of detail. And so there's lots of... Aaron wasn't available for a bit, then tried to felt we needed a bit more presence in terms of personality and and physicality in terms of bringing Danny Papu back in. So in, into the club, there's, there's lots of things that, that go on, and also there'll be some good younger players that will be sort of knocking at the door. And we played Hayward Teeth recently, and Luca Cocoracho is arguably the, the best player on the pitch, and he's very much a worthing player that was going to get minutes at Hayward Teeth. So Tom Chalet's been doing well at Burgess Hill, uh, Tyrese at Salt Dean. So these lads are going to be coming back, and I want them to start pushing as well. So, yeah, obviously with the recruitment, do look into it, but it, I try to go in, into a lot of detail and bring good calibre of player into the club. Talking about the youth, Adam, almost like a proud dad moment, seeing Kwame and Finn, former players, playing for Wales under-21s. Ghana. Ghana, yeah. I, I mean, how, how amazing Ghana, is that to think last season, or not last season, because I forget what season we played, but, you know, the yeah. season before last, they were representing Worthing every week, and look what they've done now. Finn is going to be an amazing star. You know it. You could just see it. But Kwame, to represent and Finn, the countries, so it must be a really proud moment for yourself. It certainly is. Like, with the, uh, the new office that we've got up, we've managed to get a few of their shirts, actually. So oh, brilliant. Like, Finn's up there, got Omar's got... Just waiting on Kwame's got one from Lucas still waiting for Edgy Boy to, to send one down but you know really do look at these players and, and look at their careers and follow their careers and, and it is with you know immense sort of pride like you say that they're getting those sort of accolades not for any stretch of the imagination I think they would have got their you know, it's nothing to do with the unbelievable coaching that they got for me I just give them an opportunity okay. a, a platform to play on you know I'm not claiming any sort of accolades like that ultimately they, they've showed they've got the right attitude and mindset to get there oh, all we did like I say we've given them a platform to, to go and play and express themselves and delighted that they've done that at Worthing for a time and that the fans got the enjoyment of watching them play and obviously delighted now that they're getting those rewards with you know that kind of accolade Wales under 21s for Finn and he started and got 90 minutes under his belt and then Kwame to I think come on for Ghana so yes yeah, an incredible achievement and hopefully it's uh, inspiring to like our younger players um, they look at it and look at the opportunities that are there at Worthing if you're doing things right you know we're not scared to, to blood young younger players if we feel they're good enough and they've got the right mindset and mentality and yeah hopefully it builds a bit of a um, and an attractive prospect as well. No, definitely, yeah. And on that point, you're very modest there, Adam, about what you've done apart from being an amazing coach. You get these players and they've they've, they've left a team or been let go, like in Finn's case, it was asked. And these players are let go. You've managed to, to get them. Do you actually sit down and talk to them about your experiences in the game and how you made it to sort of professional football? No, to be honest, I, like, I don't really bore the players too much with my career, to be honest. Um, you know, one one I look I look at my career back with you know a lot of sadness. I didn't really get to feel my potential as a player. So very rare do I speak about my career to any of the players really. I think all I try to do is just give them that opportunity to go and play. I think with Finn, I think 
you know, Darren Budd was massive as well, I think, because he didn't play week in, week out to start off with. I think St. Albans away, he'd come on the bench and... I think when Miki scored the last minute goal, he's one of them that was there celebrating and stuff like that. And he just really embraced being involved in in the club and and in those sort of big games like that. When you know you've been just been released from a big club like Arsenal, that takes a bit of getting over and stuff like that. Um, and I think with Finn, it just had to be a bit of time. And like I say, the older players like when we had Aaron, Buddy and uh, Parsons, I think their little chats that they have with the uh, players are important and showing them, obviously, you're disappointed. You know, the manager really rates you highly, but, you know, you've got to wait and be patient for your opportunity. And, and they, they both were. And, you know, probably a bit different. Yeah, so Finn had to probably be a little bit more patient and, I say I think those older players that we've got in the dressing room were a big factor to how Finn conducted himself and where he got to. And with Kwame, he was just coming for only about eight or ten games or so, and you could just tell that you know he was probably finding the level too easy. To be honest, um, I think the way we played suited Kwame. Him having the freedom to play in like a number ten position and and get on the half turn and really it did allow him to showcase the best of his attributes, the way we sort of do play. I think that, but yeah, in terms of me having, like I say, that much of an impact in their careers, I'll say not so much. And oh, like don't say, talk yourself down. It's like everyone, you've got, yeah. you've had a part of that player's yeah. career and no matter yeah, what you very, think. Very, very, very short part. But, but, like but I say, still I, some. I, I, you picked I Finn up that when that's... he came from Arsenal. He was down, disjointed probably. Yeah. Picked him up and look what he's going to done, mate. You know, seriously, don't talk yourself down. Yeah. No, but I, I honestly, like, this is something that I've probably looked at over the last few months, and it's an area that I feel like I need to improve on. I need to have those little chats more with the players, and I've got a nice, swanky office now that I can... I heard about this. I didn't in. even know. It's only Pete that yeah. broke the news to me. I, I mean, thought it was going to be a store cupboard, but you've, you've yeah, gone and pinched it, fair, haven't you? I, it was like a store cupboard, but, yeah, like, some nice work's gone into it now, and, <laughs> you know, like, we've got some shirts on the wall and nice little sofa in there and a TV and Oh, stuff, there we so. go. There we go. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. You, you've missed some out. You, you've got a fridge with beer in as well, in there. Fridge, fridge with some uh, refreshments. Uh, <laughs> a bit professional. Yeah. There's a few refreshments in there. But yeah, that, that, that's, honestly, that's the sort of stuff that I've been looking at and going, I need to do more of that. I need to... These are young players. I need to have more chats with them and speak to them more on an individual basis and try to improve them individually a little bit more. I think it's so hard when you only have them twice a week and when games were coming thick and fast. You know, it's it's probably play Saturday, see them Tuesday for a game and then match prep or you analyse the game from Tuesday and Saturday on the Thursday and then you're putting them out there again. But I've got the time. I want to spend more time with these younger players and these individuals and trying to help them develop a little bit quicker maybe by like you say those little chats and stuff like that but yeah most definitely won't be boring them with anything that happened in my career really do you think that's one of the biggest handicaps of being a, a non-league manager is the the fact that you don't have a, a lot of time with your players like like you think you know i've seen 22 odd players there on a tuesday or a thursday and then like you say it's difficult for you to individually go and you know have a have a sit-down chat with everyone because you're organising them, especially when the games are thick and fast. So is that a bit of a disadvantage for yourself as a manager? I think so, me personally. It's my sort of dream. Like I'm not one to say uh, I want to be the next England manager or Premier League manager even, but the dream is to be able to work with a team on a full-time basis. And I'd love to be able to you know, put steps into place to try and do that worthy um, over the coming years. Um 
you know, to, to, to have one team to focus on and really focus on the style of play and, like you say, work on individuals and improve individuals on a full-time sort of basis, day-to-day basis, would be, you know, the, the dream for me um, as a manager uh, moving forward. But, yeah, like, we are so lucky. We've got really good people that are good at their jobs, like Cam and the work he does with the analysis and stuff. And he has all the boys' clips after a game ready for them probably on Sunday night, if not Monday morning. So they can individually just look at their touches from the game and stuff like that. And, you know, we want, I want to do more with that. I want to sit down with the players and go through them. But it's excellent what he does there. And, like, the work that Nate does with individuals, he gets around a lot of individuals and, and speaks to them a lot. So we are lucky. We've got good people that work hard. And, you know, one thing I want to, in this next three years, is to give up a bit more time to, to work with individuals. Like, for instance... If Buddy got a couple of boys, I think Ricky's been doing some work with moving buddies. Um, if he could get doesn't half the squad work for moving buddies, I'm pretty sure yeah, Horsham, know, half yeah. of Horsham and half of yeah. Worthing work for moving buddies, don't they? But but any of these players, it might even be like Aaron Racine's got an inset day and can come in and do some extra time, or you know, it could be Alex Parsons, it could be anyone. I want to you know spend more time working with individuals. So I really think that, you know, Marvin done that. He come in pre-season early before sessions and and gave up some time to want to do it. And I want to be able to sort of give up some more time. I really think it's helped Marv's game this season. He come in, you know, only about four or five times in pre-season, just early, done, done about half hour um, individual work. But I feel that's where you get the real... But you could tell he had because he really seemed to step it up a level with this sort of the few games that we saw. He was like definitely my man of the match of quite a few games that I saw. I'm sure people yeah. agree with that. No, yeah, I think that's where you get the real sort of detail, isn't it? In the the with the players when you're in those little groups and you can really work with them and enhance their game. And um, yeah, like for Marv's situation, I think it really helped him and he's progressed no ends. And even like with the younger players, I've working with a few of those have been coming in early and really notice a difference that can really help them develop quicker by really working on their game in a, a smaller sort of group like that. So, yeah, like I say, that these are all the sort of things that I've been sort of focusing on over the last three months to try and get right to, to take the club forward and to improve individuals and improve the whole standards within the club. So, really want to sort of put that into practice over the next couple of years so adam you've got a three-year contract what are your yeah. goals to have in that three years is it national south or is it possibly even higher no yeah i always put pressure on myself really and the, the pressure is to keep on improving from season to season i think we've done that since i come in so it'd be no different i want to keep doing that like i say we think we've got if you put the two seasons together, you've got a good gauge of one full season for me to work from. And yeah. there'll be games on there that I you know, want to win more games and what we won in, in that period and lose less, score more and, and concede less. And that would be the, be the t- uh, challenge. And like I say, it's going to be extremely difficult to do that. But that, that will be the challenge. And then hopefully it's enough for us to be up there competing at the right end of the table again. And, you know, that's where the expectation's gone and there is a bit of pressure but that kind of pressure is, is a privilege to have really because uh, it means you're doing something right. Obviously we're going into 
the new season in August. Is it difficult? Because obviously in the in, in like the professional leagues, you, you see what other clubs are doing, what other clubs are spending, etc., etc. What players they're bringing in on a non-league basis is is that going to be more difficult? And obviously, as we've had the COVID, some clubs might have a bit of money, some clubs might have no money. Is it sort of a guessing game on what other teams are doing to improve themselves? Always is really. You never know how other clubs are functioning behind the scenes. There could be someone coming in like a Glenn Templin situation where he's <laughs> investing a lot of money into into a club. I just think what what all I've tried to do is focus on, on us, really. I know it's probably a little bit uh, short-sighted to do that, but when, when it comes to analysing our performance, it'll be on what we can do to improve. Very rare do I go into the opposition on a match day to look at what they're doing. I always try and focus on, on what we're doing. Simply because I think you can't really control what the opposition are doing. Like they might play four three three, come to Woodside and park the bus and play four five one, and all your work and your preparations gone into them playing a certain formation. So I just focus on us being better, and that's all. All I try to do on the pitch and try and keep taking the club forward and um, pushing everything from the youth, every team that I'm involved in, from the under 14 to the first team. Just keep on pushing it and, and trying to improve all aspects of the club but yeah I don't there obviously could be now a lot of investment into Hornchurch um, you know what an achievement that Amazing. is to, to yeah. get to a Wembley final and it's doable so that's one thing now I'd love to bring to the Worthing fans a Wembley day out and you know, a team from our level has done it so that's you know what even is, Marine versus like Spurs that was a, yeah. what an achievement you know imagine having a Premier League exactly, team at Woodside yeah. Road like a lot of our players would have witnessed these these cup runs from these other teams and and seen that and so yeah that that'll be the challenge and that'll be the the talks before the season starts and I can guarantee you I don't go into the game saying don't worry about this cup game today or any game so I think there's been rightly so some disgruntled fans in how we've got on in the cup. I guess would you say that's a goal for next season? Well, obviously promotion the main yeah, thing, yeah, but a goal to get a little cup run going. Definitely, and and that is the challenge, and that is the sort of things that I sort of little mini targets that I set myself without going out and telling the whole world that that's what we want to do. We want to get to Wembley for the FA Trophy. We want to get to the third round of the FA Cup. We want to get to the Sussex Senior Cup and we want to win the league. Um, you know, without sort of going out and screaming about that from, you know, that, that that's the sort of person I am. That'd be the ambition that I will set out to the players and, you know, when when we went on a good run, I think one of the players come back and said, "Well, we wasn't going to win every game." And I, my my set is like, "Why not? Why why are you not thinking that we can go out and win every game and this run's going to come to an end sooner or later?" And um, that that honestly, that is the challenge that the players get set, and um, that's what I strive to do. And obviously, not going to be achievable all of those things at the same time, but. It's not going to be from a want to try and inform like my or the players' behalf to try and do that, and that's that's all we try and do. Try and keep taking the club forward, and yeah, I'd love to sort of reward the fans with a big day out. You know, it's it fantastic going to Fleet and seeing just that level of stadium and our fans there at that day. And when we went to Money Fields in in the FA Cup, a different venue, but. You know, we sort of took over that ground, and I always speak about that day like 
we was like a league club that day. So, so I, I don't know with that, you, you there's a lot of expectation because of that. And uh, yeah, like I say, I look forward to that and bring that on. I think it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's something that we've created as, as a club over the last few years. And you know, we should be proud of that and, and really embrace it. Well, Hinch, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I mean, we I can't wait to be able to see you in person sometime soon and catch up and hopefully not wear a mask and be able to be in a bar for, after the game. I mean, it is a distant dream, but hopefully it's something that's coming a lot sooner than we hope. But um, please look after yourself. And, you know, we, I look forward to hearing about this preparation for the season and seeing what lines up over the next few months. And hopefully you get that holiday that you want because you deserve it. Yeah, no, no honestly, it's a pleasure just even to speak to you guys again and talk about the the football season potentially starting up again you know it gets the juices flowing and you can't wait and you're looking forward to it and like I say hopefully I'll be able to uh, welcome you into the nice new office that we've got for a swanky refreshment out of our fridge oh, that we've, uh, we've got uh, in the corner there so yeah <laughs> can't, can't wait for them sort of days and like to see the, the shed end rocking again with all you guys there is going to be great times and yeah really look forward to those this is the rebel yell podcast rebel yell dot live so it looks like usual three in the back today yeah 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 do you think when papo's fit that we'll go to a four it's uh, no, oh, I, I ain't got a clue <laughs> you know, Adam's a manager, not me. You'd like to be though. Yeah, yeah. But having said that, I think I'd do a better job than Adam. <laughs> Contra- controversy straight there away. You go, there you go, Con- then you heard it first here. <laughs> I mean, that's what you come to watch football for, balls like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I've got a pair too. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. I mean, seriously now, it's got to be a red, isn't it? He's got one yellow. Another yellow. He pulls a red off. Right, well, it looks like Adam Hinshaw is going into the book here. Wow. Yeah, Yeah, it's a yellow card for Adam. (laughs) No, that's that's absolutely stupid. The ref, a proper one. Put it that way, that's all I'm going to say about it. <laughs> no, Dyson really, Dyson has ripped a few of them players a new one, and he's got ripped to pieces there, yeah. <coughs> and, it, and and he's booked Adam. What's yeah. that about? Foul. I mean, my mate, that, that number four of theirs is long enough to be continued. My mate, he's a size. <laughs> Agbula. Is that his name? Yeah, Mike Ag- Agbula. About six foot, and then he got, starts getting frosty. He walks around. He walks around in August with snow on his head. <laughs> oh no! I mean, let it go on, Rick. You. Oh dear. I'm crying here. Referee, another referee that wanna be our player. Put that beer down, please. <laughs> What's in that flask, eh? I thought you was professional. <laughs> 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 
wasn't a dirty foul. I mean, it was one of them. And the referee now, now, now he doesn't give that one that the air manager got a, a yellow card for, but he gives that silly one. You know, it was a 50-50. Okay, he went down. But the referee is so inconsistent, it's absolutely ridiculous. So, it's better than VAR though, isn't it? Oh, yeah, At least than, we can moan about the refs. I love VAR, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be... We've got, we've got somebody online who's asking for your autograph. I beg your pardon? Somebody online is asking for your autograph. In the chat. My autograph, I will give it to you in the chat. Thank you very much. Whoever you are. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Zenga. I love all Worthing fans. I love all Worthing fans. Whether right. I dislike them or not. Pardon? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> I can see. Oh, I was taking a drag. I mean, I, I didn't even... He's having a vape, yeah, actually. Oh, it's easy throwing. I've got a no, vape here. Yeah. I don't um, smoke. I think it's disgusting. <laughs> So Dean, put that bloody fag out. Get back in and listen to the radio, please. Oi, me old mate. He looks fun, Tyler. So, nice bit of football again yeah, there. bloody lovely. Yeah, I, I, I did swear there. I said B. <laughs> but it was lovely. I mean, he, he enjoyed that. Kevin enjoyed really it. Really nice, really nice. So, it's Ricky that's is... To, that's what I come to football to watch, that sort of move. And Kev's, Kev's gone for a walk somewhere. Kevin's telling the press people off. I had to Shouldn't be on Tinder, really, should oh, it? Exactly. Phones should be banned from football. Want to watch that one? If it's televised. Whatever, you know, I, lose, I lose my listeners when it's <laughs> televised. You, you know, that's yeah, what, oh, no. I said it. I said it's live. Well, I didn't listen to you last week because I watched it on. Yeah, oh, thanks. Thanks. Don't just no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's face it. I mean, yeah, you're going to prefer to watch exactly. it. I understand. And we look very I good. Understand. But they need a decent commentator on there, don't they? Oh, of course they do. Exactly. <laughs> that's why. Um, that is why I've just come on here because I'm just a spare one. <laughs> You know, couldn't get nobody else, so, yeah, Kev, can you do it, will you? <laughs> I think I think there was a bit of a, a clamour for you to do it today, Kev, in the group, to be honest. You. So yeah. I can't understand it myself, can you? Diallo! It's Diallo! I said he had to score a goal, he had to score today. It was a beautiful... I really don't think that was a shirt, Paul, I think. He got stuck in between his fingers. <laughs> what do you think of his position watching a game rather than behind the goal like you usually are? I'd rather be behind the goal, but, I mean, I'll do it every now and again, you know. All depends. People might not want me to do it again, but if they do, I'll do it again, yeah. And you can swear behind the goal as well, can't you? You definitely can swear. You can cuss. <laughs> I'm a little cur. <laughs> I'm still purring about Moe's goal. I'm still purring here. No, oh, and he's, he always give it away. And no, Cameron Tuts, Cameron Tuts, yeah, he was, it was a mistake there by, Danny, was, Barker, yeah, Danny Barker mistake. He left Cameron Tuts in trouble. I think, yeah, Cameron Tuts could be off here. 
he could be off because he he yeah, did look he a heavy Danny challenge. There. Yeah. He had to cover for Danny. No, that was Danny Barker, my mate. What was that all about, my mate? No. Um, um, I'm biting my lip, sorry. That's all I'm saying, I'm biting my lip. I couldn't say I'm biting my thumb and lips, but I'm not going to. <laughs> He's for again. Side oh, back. He couldn't have been offside. There's no way he was offside. He so, was two men onside. And Golden is down. Oh, my mate. And Holly's come on to give him Where attention. Where did he come from? Farrakh? <laughs> Farrakh, me. <laughs> Come on, Rick! So Emma's up with that misfit. Golden bloody. Oh well, sorry. Am I on? You didn't swear. <laughs> no. But you can't. Misfit is a little bit of a naughty thing. Mongol's child. That's politically uncorrect, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, listeners. All three of you. <laughs> Omar's just gone off ten minutes ago. Now Omar's taking the f***ing penalty. Oh, taking the penalty. The blooming penalty. <laughs> so. Game over. Boom, boom. Let's smack the room. It's our pleasure now on the Rebel Yell podcast to be joined by the owner, George Dow. George, it's been a little while since we've seen you in person. Uh, how have you been throughout the last few months? How, how was Christmas and all that lot? And, you know, how are you coping without yeah. football? Yeah, no, I've, I've been all right. Thanks. I'm sure. Uh, like everyone, it's been a bit boring at times, but yeah, no, getting through it. Christmas was, was good. Saw a few of the family. So, yeah, no, it was, was good. Yeah, just been cracking on, really. Yeah, and you've, you've been directing cooking videos. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> well, not as many as I'd like to have done recently because we haven't had a kitchen, but now the kitchen's back and in order. Yeah, I've been directing my own home videos. In the so you, you and Jess are going to have your own cooking channel soon, am I right? Uh, I don't know if she's up to a cooking channel. Well, it'd but... be a new, new branch of Worthing. You've got all the academy, you got that. Now you can have the sort of Worthing at home sort of channel, can't you? Yeah, uh, it'll be a, more of a comedy channel, I think. <laughs> it's quite banterous when you watch it. it does Although, to be fair, her cooking is actually really good. So, it does look good. Yeah, it, it, I mean, is that is she going to be opening up her little like street food store at Woodside Road when we come back, maybe? Maybe. I've said uh, we made burgers the other day, and they were really nice. I said they were restaurant-worthy, so maybe she'll have a go at a few of them. There you go, mate. There you go. You've got to get the talent in the ground for that reason, yeah. Got to, got to, got to be done. So obviously, George, DFA, we've, we've got to mention them. Don't need to rant, but obviously, the, you had a five-year plan when you took over the club. Yeah. Um, it was looking, looking bang on, wasn't it? It was looking spot on, wasn't it? At one point, yeah. It was. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to say. I appreciate that it. it's been a very difficult time and a hard decision of that to be made in the course of uh, this pandemic. So it's hard, but I, I think a lot of it could have been 
dealt with better, yeah. How have you felt like, you know, it must have been like obviously the first null and void. See, that was well like last summer. We've all spoke about that then. But having it, yeah, again, but this time it's not null and voided. It's, um, what's the word they use for, Pete? Curtailed. Curtailed. So do you feel that maybe they, they acted too quickly with the last season and if they'd curtailed that one then maybe something could have been done which would have been fair all round because there was a bit of a momentum going with this uh, save non-league project or something wasn't there on Twitter yeah well, no, I was just about to say that maybe if they didn't sort of rush because if I remember rightly I, I think our league was it was null and voided quite early on before really we knew all the facts and uh, what might happen and uh, what clubs wanted to do and stuff like that so I think if, if they did yeah sit back and maybe try and scope out the future a little bit and say right if we curtail the season so we can still use the data going forward that would have been preferable for us because we were in such a strong position but uh, I, I guess that's hindsight at least they've learned from that a little bit but this year by curtailing it and not null and voiding it so that they have got the ability to use the data later on if if we do need to but I don't, I don't know I mean we're all hoping from now on that it's going to be a smooth clean season aren't we so hopefully the data won't need to be used but it's there if we need it so that's always a positive yeah we'd like to think that and it's just so frustrating and i can imagine even more frustrating for yourself being the owner of the club well like you said it was the the five-year plan was looking so good and i'm not going to blame the fa for that being ruined i think that it's just uh the way of the world at the moment so it's just yeah, didn't wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it's Chinese Dave eating bats. Which is yeah. <laughs> so going on to positive things, we had the Futures Bright campaign last summer, which I think you'd agree it was an overwhelming success all round. And we've seen fruitions of out of the club now with a lot of changes. So obviously, the biggest one being the well, I would say the pitch and, and the lighting. How pleased are you with the pitch and the way? you know the work that that Barry's done in the background to to get all of that sorted out because he has jumped through quite a few hoops to get this done Barry's been brilliant relentless uh, since he came in really dealing with the the pitch issue and yeah finally almost (laughs) seems strange that it coincided with the the football stopping and then we got the new pitch it was I guess what yeah the the positive that came out of it, it gave us the time to get the pitch ready for a new season when it does start so that was good and helped not having the pressure of needing to almost rush it because we wanted to be back at Woodside because obviously we we're going to be playing at Horsham for a bit, weren't we? So there was that added pressure there to get the pitch done and with the league stopping, it just took the pressure off a little bit and allowed them to get it right and for Barry to not take his time because he's been pushing and pushing and pushing them, but for almost to you know I mean? take that pressure off a little bit and yeah, get things done. I'm really pleased because it looks so, so good. It almost looks flat down there now, which is, uh, <laughs> which is a good start for a pitch. Shame we couldn't keep the red, but I liked the yeah. red. It just gave you have to spray of... the logo or something. You have to see if you could do some sort of paint of like what were worth an FC or the logo by the tunnel on the pitch or something. Yeah, some sort of bad personalize nice, it a bit. It? Yeah. yeah, I really liked the red around the pitch. Like, yeah, so I liked I it. It just, it just, it just broke it up a bit. I just liked it because if you took a picture down there, you knew instantly where you were. Mm-hmm. from the picture if you see the picture somewhere else it was just you knew instantly where it was but i have to say even without the red i think the pitch does look yeah really really smart got the lights as well now so yeah can, we, we, lights. yeah when i'm commentating in the back of the stand i can see who's actually on the ball <laughs> yeah <laughs> which will be a bonus and obviously the led lighting a couple of advantages you know the lighting itself and obviously the reduction in the in the energy usage compared to the old halogens. Yeah, I mean, I mean the first and foremost, the spillage around into the neighbours' gardens and stuff is 
is a lot less noticeably less less now, which is great for them. And obviously, because obviously there is a lot of uses down there during the winter when it's dark and the lights are on every night. I'm sure for a few neighbours it can be a bit much at times. So ho- hopefully that's helped a lot. And that's all thanks to the guys that contributed to the crowdfunder and to the Futures Bright campaign. It's yeah, all thanks to them, really, that we've managed to get them new lights that were very, very needed at the time, not just for the neighbours, but for the club as well. Really, Our lights were constantly failing, costing us thousands of pounds each year to put right. So hopefully these will be long lasting and yeah, really uh, help us for our next stage of growing as a club. And the money saving. <laughs> And yeah, obviously yeah, that's an added bonus as well. Hopefully, we save money each year on our utility bills, so that's that's good too. Yeah, it must be quite a comparable cost saving um, compared to the old halogen when you replace with LED. Pete would know; he's an yeah. EPC guy, isn't he? But we've, we've been told we're due, yeah, we're, we're going to save a lot by doing that. But obviously, we haven't had a, a full year's use of them yeah. yet to compare anything. But yeah, from all the information we have, it, it's it looks like it'll be a good saving. How about all the other additions to the ground? Obviously, there's now a nice accessible track for you to get around to a nice new viewing point for yourself as well. You must be quite happy with that. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise, really. I think they had some extra concrete, so they <laughs> chucked it where I sit. So hopefully it raises that up a little bit, gives my viewing platform. Yeah, it's, it's good. I'm you don't have to, to get wet it. anymore, as you said. Yeah, I can move back out the rain a bit now, which is nice. I don't have to just sit in the rain like a lemon. That'd be good. But it does look really smart, that corner, you know, with the new like hut and hinges office and the new turnstile. I mean, it's just it just shows it. I think it just has a statement to anyone visiting the ground now that, you know, we are going places. Yeah, definitely. It just gives us that ability to segregate the ground if we need to. Also, yeah, having the extra food outlet in the northeast corner is hopefully reduce the queues and make the fan experience a bit better, not having to queue up for so long to get drinks and to get food. Yeah, hopefully it will make a big difference. And like you say, it's exactly what we need if we want to keep growing. We need to keep adding to the ground and making it somewhere where people want to come and not get frustrated with not being able to get a drink at half time. And we want to encourage people to come down there, not, not try and... Make I think Pete was still moaning though because you haven't installed a beer tap next to his commentary table so he still has to go and queue <laughs> at half time so George I think if there's any money going spare you need to look after Pete in that commentary box, right? <laughs> yeah we'll get, we'll get some of them people walking around with uh, beer packs on their back oh yeah those so big rucksacks yeah that would be good constantly for fill yeah. Pete's glass up for him oh I think he'd love that actually that's, isn't it two two pints a game he's allowed on and he's on there and he just goes wild after don't you Pete <laughs> yeah one pint first half one pint second half and then after I'll, I'll have a few then so you can't you can't be drunk on air can you (laughs) not for professional is it (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure martin tyler doesn't have one drink while he's on air he sounds like he's had a few but i doubt if he has what's your hopes for the season coming do you do you think from what i understand from what i hear budgets are basically gonna should hopefully depending on you, George. Do you, th- you think it's going to be th- relatively on the par with last season, so we should be able to compete? Yeah, I mean, we're going to be doing everything we can to keep the budget that Hinch has to work with exactly the same. I think that's what, we, yeah, that's what we're going to be working towards and yeah, do everything in our power to make that happen. And I think we're all pretty confident that will happen. I think going into next year and what I expect, I, I don't really know what to expect. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how teams have coped through this lockdown, how they've weathered the storm, how they've got through it, whether they've come out the other side still competing at the same level or if they've dropped off slightly because they haven't got the same budget or the same personnel at the club anymore. I think there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff going on in the in next season and a lot of maybe some unexpected teams that creep up to the top because they've dealt with the COVID lockdown situation better than others. I think you'll find a lot yeah. of players are out of um, contract from 
professional clubs, maybe League Two, National, National South, that, you know, maybe without a club. So you could find these players dropping down to ESPN level to get games in. And you could find, yeah. as you say, a lot of clubs that maybe were down the bottom, possibly coming a bit uh, north towards us. Yeah, no, definitely. There'll be, there would have been teams in the National League that have uh, had to clip their squad slightly because of uh, yeah finances and stuff. So I'm sure then players will be looking for clubs. I'm sure that, I mean, we've had some great work done behind the scenes from like Ange, our project manager, who's managed to get grants out of seemingly nothing. So <laughs> she's done she's done amazing work there. And I, I, I'd be surprised if every club had an Ange doing that in the background for them. So we've managed to sort of get by in the lockdown. That could be um, a new sort of badge every club needs an Ange I'd say so <laughs> new banner new banner for the away yeah. boys every club needs an Ange or something like that yeah, get some yeah, t-shirts printed no. every club needs She's an done, yeah brilliant throughout lockdown so yeah yeah life I think that's the thing we've got to look forward to next season because obviously it's the first season where we've got exactly the same teams to travel to and to come to our place and I think they're the not knowing how they've coped with the Covid pandemic and the way they're going to come back I think that's probably one of the most interesting things to sort of look forward to next season apart yeah, from Worthing being at the top of the league hopefully yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree there's a few teams recently wasn't there that I think got rid of their manager by mutual consent yeah like in, in the on, case on, of like one day wasn't it like yeah it's about like... three three of them in a day yeah. and obviously when you well compare that to we signed Adam up again on another deal so that yeah exciting news for the club I think it was a massive but, morale boost for us all we were saying me and Pete and you know some of the other guys it was it was just what we needed because obviously you know Adam said to us when we spoke to him on the podcast that you know it, it was kind of started to be talked about at the end of last year but obviously that's all behind the scenes but obviously there's that I'm in an iron right he's coming to the end of his contract is he going to stay is he going to be sort of tempted elsewhere the club going to be able to afford to keep him on because of the pandemic but to put that out and that statement I think not only it's a massive morale boost for the fans but it's a massive signal of intent by Adam. Yeah. He, he's got unfinished business by yourself and by the rest of the club. We want this national South status. Well, yeah, we were obviously really pleased that Adam wants to stay with us and keep uh, building on what he's done so far with the first team and with our sort of youth and educational programmes. He's been great. So yeah, that was really important for us to try and keep Adam. And he was, yeah, he's very happy at the club and loves the club and wants to continue pushing forward. So it was really good to get that news out to everyone. That was really exciting stuff. And, Especially, like you say, with everything else going on, it was maybe some people didn't know if it was going to happen or not. But I think behind the scenes, we kind of knew and work, we're working towards it in the background and finally got it over the line. So, yeah, it's good stuff. No, brilliant. It was a big congratulations to yourself on the on the board of that one. And from a personal point of view, is it was my highlight of lockdown, totally. What, what lockdown? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah, which one? Well, it's, it's just every day's like just uh, work, eat, sleep, work, eat, sleep. Uh, there's there's, yeah, there's Groundhog Day, isn't it? Yeah, there's, there's just just nothing else. So, so when you get a, you know a good piece of news, it's like oh yeah, you give you really just give you a, a pick me up. And now we got the news: football is back in August, and you know hopefully we can all mix. Um, on on that point, George, is there any news of when the bar will be open at Woodside? Is is it going to be I, waiting till next August, or you're going to be opening sort of? It'll be. It, it might be towards the end of June, early July. I think is what we're looking at. Because we're thinking of Euros, you see, and getting some money behind your bar. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, uh, my dad said the same thing. <laughs> the Euros, so. There you go. Yeah. He just wants to be it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, we're going to work towards sort of end of June, early July. Certainly open for the friendlies if we are uh, when they're arranged in July. I would have thought. Excellent. And are we going to try and attract a big club down for the opening friendly at home? We're always we're always trying. Yes, a lot a lot of the time it's hard because they they plan so far in advance these big teams that it's hard to uh, 
getting pinned down, but hopefully with everything that's going on, maybe maybe we might get a couple. I think I know that yeah. Nathan Hinch are definitely working hard to try and get try and get some good good preseason friendlies on the books. Yeah, because there's a few clubs that must have us a little friendly, isn't there? With the young players that moved on from Worthing. Yeah, well, <laughs> since I've been around, they, they haven't been very keen to do it because we've got a free do pitch, but we'll see. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, George, um, you, you had a five-year plan, which was so close to being done. And I think we could say you're still in year four of that because year five's kind of not really happened, has it? So we could say that. <laughs> so what what's the next plan for yourself? Obviously, I'd like to think myself it'd be sustainable in the national self, possibly pushing towards the national. Is that sort of along the lines of what you're thinking? Or are you not you're not quite sure yet what your five year plan is the next one? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the next five year plan would be. But I think we, as a club and as a committee, we just want to keep progressing the club forward and don't really want to put any sort of barrier on that. Mm-hmm. But I'd say it, certainly in the uh, next few years, we'd like to uh, yeah make that step up to the to the national uh, south and um, yeah hopefully be sustainable at that level yeah, and then yeah. build again, start again, and make a new plan to keep pushing well we know we've got to build another stand if we go to nationals so you know i'm sure there'll be another crowdfunder coming in the future if that yeah. was going to happen oh yeah barry's uh already on that sort of he's got big <laughs> plans so not not necessarily on a new stand or anything but we're no, always of course, talk, yeah. talking about like what we can do to improve the ground there's so many ideas that we come up with it's just yeah making them making them a reality making them feasible and trying to raise the funds to be able to do it well, as we've always said pete haven't Which we is... the sport associations here to help with any of those plans so do give us a shout and i'm sure that link with Anne, she'll she'll let us know as well yeah, yeah sure no, it's, it's exciting though it's exciting to yeah. have have people on the committee that are um as ambitious as i am and want want to see the club do well and want to improve the facilities in every way we can it's really really good and exciting at the moment so yeah it's it's good we might have a spare tenner kicking around george <laughs> <laughs> you never know somewhere about that so yeah george thank you so much for joining us this evening and i look forward to the day that i can actually see you in person very soon and act like everything's normal well, not act hopefully it will be all normal again but you know hopefully we can go back to that season in the middle of august and start and there won't be any interruptions but you know fingers crossed and i believe and i'm sure pete can echo this that we're in the right place and going forward is very exciting for us yeah I, yeah like yeah i just cannot wait to go and watch a game now absolutely mm-hmm. cannot wait yeah so, well, yeah counting hopefully. down the days yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Ticking off the list, ticking off the calendar. Sorry. Well, yeah. no, Pete, Pete's Can't got wait. pub garden on his list, pub inside, and then football. Or is it football first, Pete? Well, it's kind of in that order, really, isn't it, Pete? <laughs> no, it's pub outside, pub yeah. indoors, and then football. football. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and a nice meal out as well. Yeah, and a nice meal out. Yeah, nice yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, that would be nice to go out and get something to eat. Yeah, some of the nice eateries in uh, Worthing area. But yeah, thank you very much, George. Uh, look after yourself. All the best to your lovely lady. And uh, I look forward to seeing more of those cooking videos very soon in uh, before the football season starts. Cool. Cheers, guys. Okay. Cheers, care. George. Thank you. Thanks, See George. Ya. The Rebel Yell Podcast. So we're joined now by Stuart Evans, who is still the kit man, but is also now one of the youth coaches at Worthing. Stu, um, it's been a few months since we saw you back end of October, beginning of November for that Three Bridges, us it's cup upset. It wasn't the best way to go out, but how have you been keeping? Uh, no, it wasn't the best way. No, all good, mate. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, busy and uh, yeah, just glad to be back. What have you been up to? Because I know obviously, like probably like most of us, but for yourself, football and Worthing are your lifelines on a Saturday and most of the week. So what have you been doing to keep yourself sane? 
Uh, mate, just working, if I'm honest with you. Um, doing some runs, trying to keep myself fit as much as I can. But yeah, generally just working. Work's been crazy busy. So it's just, yeah, that's been kind of my escape away from thinking about how much I miss football, I suppose. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. It's been busy. Must be pleased to see the pitch and what the crowdfund has done. And I mean, we've seen pictures of it and it looks unreal. Yeah, it's incredible, pal. It really is incredible. It's uh, the work behind the scenes that Barry and everybody else has been doing is just amazing. Like, yeah, yeah. This, this is so much that they've done that everybody doesn't even know about and plans moving forward that will make this club even bigger and better which are really exciting that yeah hopefully it will happen over the next couple of years or so so yeah they, they've been incredible and then people buy like on the pitch i've been coming down here most saturdays um during lockdown especially over since christmas with Ange and, and mike and, and just doing bits around the ground like maintenance painting and whatever else it may be just to try to keep the ground um looking sharp as well so yeah mate the, the work everybody's been doing is, is just phenomenal really have you got any uh, little tidbits you could leak to us you say two years over the next couple of years or is this top secret plans top secret mate top it's secret. more than my job's worth pal but no, the, no all no, i can yeah. say on that mate is just be assured that it's exciting and that it's worth waiting for 100 yeah no i do think though to be honest any sort of excitement is you know we haven't even seen the pitch really as a fan yet so it's our main excitement to get back which has been confirmed in august today hasn't it it's actually been confirmed for the first game of the season so at least we've got a sort of goal to look forward to now yeah mate incredible like yeah it's, it's just gonna come around really quickly obviously we've got the youth team the first team back now i think till the end of may i think potentially with, with the old friendly in, in between that and obviously the youth teams have got trials so it's full on till till May as in May and then June rest and then back July so it's going to come around really quickly so yeah really excited really really excited what's been the uh, feed, feedback from the players on the pitch loving it oh my god yeah like they've noticed such a massive difference um, I mean I'm just walking across it now you probably hear with the wind just trying to get the, uh, <laughs> yes, the, the, the summer weather that we meant to have yeah, yeah exactly just trying to get the yeah, the first team footballs out ready for them but yeah mate it's, they, they're loving it yeah they, they, they notice the difference it's like bobbles they can relax on the ball they haven't got to think about where that ball's going to go uh, yeah incredible mate it's, um, it's a carpet and, and now it's down to me as groundsman now as well to make sure we look after it because uh, we've waited all these years for it and now we need to look after it so, You've had one of the training sessions already this week once we're speaking to you at the moment. Yeah. How did the players react? Obviously, they said they really liked the pitch, but what was what was the whole morale like? I guess they were buzzing to be back. Yeah, incredible, mate. The boys' fitness is unreal. I mean, I've just had a, a couple of sessions with my under-16s, and I'm blowing, uh, absolutely blowing. I mean, they were... They, I mean, obviously, they're younger than me. I get that, but they were out there. The, the energy and the... Yeah, it was incredible. It really was incredible. So, yeah, they're ready to go, mate. Ready to go. So, what's the latest with the youths then? Like, what's the plan? Obviously, we know the first team, as they say, going to take on a break after May, coming back pre-season. What's the ideas for the youth team and really getting back to normal? Yeah, so we're back. My 16s are back. We've got a little mini mini tournament, league tournament starting this Sunday. It's the end of April, I believe. We're back and um, with them tonight there. Again, their fitness is in, and, and excitement was incredible. It was really nice to see. So, yeah, looking forward to that on Sunday. So we've got trials. Uh, I'm not too sure about the 15s and the 14s. I think they've got a kind of like mini tournament in, in, in between now and the trials as well. And then we've got trials for the youth teams uh, starting beginning of May. So, um, yeah, lots going on. All right, sounds exciting. Sounds exciting. And uh, you, you're just obviously happy to be doing what you're best doing, aren't you? Mate, 100%. I love every second of it. Um, I mean, me and Nathan are down here seven days a week at the moment because obviously we're still hiring out the pitch. Um, so we've got local teams and youth groups and everything coming down to use the pitch. And obviously with the bar being closed, we need a beer to open up. So me and Nathan are literally doing seven days at the moment and probably until June. But we're just happy to be back. And uh, 
yeah, it's nice being around the boys and and making the abuse I get and the abuse I get them back. I've missed it to be quite honest with you. So yeah, really good to be back. Obviously, we've got the new pit. Have we got new goals to wheel across them now? The, the horrible ones. No. Oh, oh no. sorry. Do you mean the nine side goals or do you mean the full size goals? Yeah, the ones we move on a Saturday. Oh, sorry, usually. Mate. Yes, we've got new goals. Yes, they're gone. They're longer. They're, they've got proper wheels so we can push them. <laughs> yeah, they have. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. They're good as a. Uh, they're good for that pitch. We can't have anything dragging across that pitch now anyway. So um, I'm going to be on it this year. Like you wouldn't believe in terms of we can't even have flat soles on that pitch. So um, anything that's going to cause potential damage to that pitch, I'm going to be on it. Mickey Meyer comes in and does this tractor, as you know, but down to me and Nath and, and me as the groundsman to, to maintain that pitch as well and look after it. So, yeah, I'm going to try to be on it. We've waited so long for it. We need to look after it. So What's going to happen after games on a Saturday? Usually, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry runs on with footwear. Are you going to have to bring something? I think we are I think that's going to come out in the wash probably wrong with me to say at the moment but we, look I think I think everybody in their right mind will will appreciate that actually how much work behind the scenes has gone on to make the, the pitch happen and um, we've had years of of a bad pitch that probably has hampered us to a point um, in terms of our playing style now we just want to look after it so yeah I think it will come out in the wash uh, over the next few weeks or so but uh, I'll just leave it that we we need to look after it we really got to protect the investment that's the end of the day because we want obviously to, the pitch to be spot on for all our teams that use it yeah, we need it, mate. We need it, yeah, 100%. And, and the boys have noticed how quicker it skips off it and there's no bobbles and uh, and we can play our football much nicer on this pitch than we could previously. So, as I say, we need to look after it and I'm sure the club will make a statement on that. I know they are. It's wrong with me to say at the moment. But, yeah, it's... um. As you say, we need to invest and we need to protect the investment. It's as simple as that. No, absolutely. One of your jobs being uh, the guy that sorts the kit out on uh, a Saturday for the first team. Any new kit news or anything for us that you can leak or nothing yet? Because <laughs> yeah, I, no, I think we were getting to a point and me and Pete always laugh at this. It was game away against Kingstonian before obviously we all got locked down again. You were taping numbers to the back of Ollie Pierce's shirt and I think he went from number one to 11 to 17 in one game. He was just trying to find a size <laughs> shirt that fit his fat stomach, to be quite honest. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, <laughs> He's not, he's, he's fine. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think there is going to be a new kit and yeah, we've got to, um, obviously I'm sure the club will again announce that um, coming soon, but yeah, there is going to be a new kit. We haven't received it yet, unless they're hiding it for me, but yeah, there's definitely going to be a new kit. So you won't have to rummage around for certs that they don't make anymore well, this season, the coming season, would be good. <laughs> no, Adidas started to become a bit of a, a bit of a pain towards the end. Um, <laughs> Cap is a lot easier to deal with by the sound of things, so yeah, it's, um, yeah, much easier, which is nice. Oh, Kappa, that's interesting. I won't say you said that, but you know, hey. Well, mate, it's clear. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's clear to see it's Kappa. There's Kappa yeah. stopping up yeah, on, the, uh, on the website. So, yeah, that's no uh, that's no news. But, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's an, again, it's a massive investment for the club. I yeah. think the fans need to, uh, I'm sure they do realise and appreciate that. It's not just like the pitch. The, the club's invested in the, uh, in the in the kit this season, all the way through the youth teams um, to the to the first team, the ladies. Everybody's going to be getting a new kit at some point over the next year. There's some real investment going on at this football club. I mean, it's, it's come on leaps and bounds over the, since. I mean, if you, if you break it down as to what we've achieved during the world's biggest pandemic, especially in our lifetime anyway, it's phenomenal. I mean, yeah. what we've achieved over the pandemic, uh, the months of the pandemic, we've achieved normally over two or three years, and we've done it within six to eight months. Um, so it's so really to be proud of. You've got the new floodlights, you've got the new pitch, Hinch's office, and your refreshment block, new toilets, the general maintenance of the club as well in terms of the painting and the, uh, and everything else that goes along with that. Do you know what I mean? You're, uh, I'm really excited to see the fans come back and, and um, 
to yeah to hear what they think of it. And I hear Stuart, the club have actually spent some money doing up the away teams changing room. <laughs> yeah, basic money. I wouldn't say it's it's uh, like our home changing room. We don't want to give them too much. Uh, yeah, exactly. too much nice, do we? But uh, no, I mean, chaps, to be fair, Ange uh, Tanner has worked, and Mike actually, to be fair, they have both worked their socks off um, to decorate and to retile in the away change room. So, yeah, there's no more mould growing on the walls or anything on those lines. So, yeah, again, we've, without people like that, I mean, it's, it's been too many years of one or two volunteers down here, and, and the, the club unfortunately got to the point where you could see that. Uh, and now we've got a, a real good, strong group of volunteers on the board. Um, behind the scenes on the on kind of around the ground like Andrew Mike and and it's really making such a massive difference it really is when we come back in August how's it going to feel for you that that first league game at home hopefully we'll win yeah we'll be emotional actually I haven't really thought about it mate to be honest with you. I mean first of all I'll be making sure no one goes on the pitch uh, but uh, <laughs> can that. we get you a, a loud hailer or something I think yeah, you yeah, one. No. Uh, the Rebel oh. Yell sponsored loud, loud hailer for Stu or yeah, something we'll decorate it with glitter or something <laughs> I know, not as much glitter, but yeah, I'm up for, the, I'm up for that anyway. No, it's, it's going to be emotional, mate. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to come around quite quickly as well. I mean, it's yeah, we're looking at everybody out there now. We've still got three or four months yet, and but it's going to come around really quickly. And, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, really, really excited. To be honest, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to the first home game under the lights. I think that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, the lights are making a massive difference as well, actually, to be fair. I mean, we've we got can the see. new... Yeah, the four new floodlights on the on the stand, four um, where it was two before. You've got four now down to stand by the dugouts, and you've got two new ones up behind on the main stand. So, uh, not new ones, but kind of, yeah, they, they are new, but they're the, they're the same as we had before in terms of numbers. So, yeah, it's going to it's gonna look lovely. It's going to look like a Champions League night in the lights down here. It really is. So, um, well, yeah, I did I'm say really... to George, have you worked out how to do one of those Champions League style uh, light shows before the game along some trance music? So yeah. I think that would look epic. We went to, me and George went over to New York in 2019. We went to tour around America, particularly New yeah. York. And we watched the New York Red Bulls game. And they had a firework display before that. Uh, and it wasn't like a couple of sparklers. I mean, it was yeah. phenomenal. Lasers and everything. I'm not too sure how that would work with an artificial pitch. But, no, um, I'll keep the fireworks away. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> I'm getting abuse from Molly Pierce now, by the way, and Miki and Jasper. Get him yeah. up. Get them on. <laughs> Get them on, because Jasper can't even remember what day to come yeah, on the podcast. Shout for. out. This is uh, you're live on the Rebel Yell podcast. Podcast oh, boys, what do you want to say? Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Good chat. Stu's not doing his job as per usual. No kit. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Stu still hasn't grown any hair over the summer break. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. It's, uh, if the abuse has started it's again, it's, eh? It's, yeah, mate. It's stuff like that I've missed, to be fair. I mean, we, it's... Um, We've been keeping in contact over the summer. Danny Barker set up a little group with me, Meeks and him in it, and we put little abusive messages in there every now and then. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, just miss it. I mean, it's weird how you miss getting abuse, but um, it's, it's a massive part of my life. So. I don't even yeah. want to know what's going on in the background right now, to be fair. It's, um, yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, just, it's just mayhem. <laughs> Rebel, Rebel Yell after dark, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's lovely to be back. Well, Stu, thank you for talking to us. You go and enjoy uh, trading with the lads tonight, and uh, you know, hopefully, very soon we can see you in person and have a good old catch up. But uh, yeah. thanks again for giving up your time. I'm looking forward to seeing the fans down here, and, and like I said previously, it may be a bit hush hush, and that's not because we've got things to hide. It's like I think. It's important that we, the club, gives you good detail and correct detail rather than just hinting stuff. Do you know what I mean? So, but yeah. just be assured it's it's exciting. It's really exciting. The club's coming on leaps and bound. The ground's looking fantastic. So yeah, um, I can't wait to see everybody down there. Fantastic, Stu. You do look after yourself. And you boys. Thank you very Cheers. much. Take care. Cheers, mate.
This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Pete, it felt like a bit of normality speaking to the guys on the podcast tonight, didn't it? Yeah, it was, it was like the, uh, what, what could we call them, the good old days? <laughs> Where, what are they? Inter- yeah, we interacted with people, <laughs> you know, oh. had, had, a, had a chat and, yeah, just shooting the breeze about football. God so nice. It is nice. It is nice. But we've got plenty more coming up in part two, which will be released next week. Uh, we couldn't fit it into one podcast. Well, we could fit it into one podcast, but we didn't want to be so. We wanted you something to look forward to next week. We've had no worthing action for a long time. We didn't want to just all bombard you at once. So stay tuned. Tweet us at Rebel Yell WFCSA and um, join us. And Rebel Yell is the place for the action at the moment. It is. It's the only footballing action of worthing that you can get. So stay tuned give us a tweet hope you enjoyed it it is available on all our share it with your friends if you if someone has never listened to it before let them listen introduce it to someone else if everyone told someone else would grow our fan base and the support association which all that matters um to us at the club at the moment so hope you enjoyed guys and girls and we'll see you next week pitch is really cutting up now isn't it all these divots it's it's like there's been a <laughs> a five furlong sprint in 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 the horses and there's Gary's impression of a horse. Mm. Well done, Gary. Thank you for your input. <laughs> At least we're still smiling. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 